Welcome back to the podcast 10 for jackasscritics.com. This is Tom. I got Matt on the other end there. Hey, Tom. I'm done soothing my wounds after that bad knowledge off. One for three on my end. <laughs> Made it just in time for the main event. Yeah, I'm ready. Okay. And the main event this time around is going to be the Summer Box Office Draft 2012. We're not going to be talking about one movie. We're going to be talking about at least ten. Matt and I will pick five movies and... At the end of September, we're going to add up all the money that all the movies make, and the winner uh, gets some stuff from the other guy. Gets a 12-pack of beer. Um, He gets to feel the other person's shame. (laughs) To lick his tears. Uh, I was wondering where you were going with that. Like, I'm going to say shoulders? What's going on here? Shame. (laughs) (laughs) A shoulder rub. That would be an awkward thing. You have to give a shoulder massage to the In public, at a busy intersection for one hour. Now that would be a reward. That would be awesome. Uh, uh, yes. The loser also has to watch a film of the winner's choice, and I think we are both pondering at least it's Pat, which yes. is which has a 2.4 on IMDb. It's got to be better than Tiptoes, right? And Tarantino was possibly involved. Possibly involved in some way. Yeah. He may have rewrote one person's line at one point. We'll find out. Yeah. Right? If there's a torture sequence, maybe that's what he wrote. Exactly. Somebody gets branded. And I'm sitting on a chair that I think I may break any moment now. It is legs akimbo, so to speak, (laughs) and uh, it's not looking good. I I had to resort to all these tactics just to get you off your game, Tom. I actually paid the lovely Mrs. Jackass Tom to uh, (laughs) sabotage your chair to throw you off, because I need every possible advantage. I knew it! Okay, so... um, if you didn't listen to Podcast 10A, do so, yes. but if you're not going to, you're going to be a little stubborn brat about it, then I'll tell you that I won the knowledge off this time around, which means I get first pick. Yes. So before we dive in too much, and before, oh. you, you don't want to share any strategy, but what, what are your thoughts about the uh, class this year of, of summer blockbusters? I would say it's a little bit tougher to pick than last year. We were just discussing this. Uh, yeah. I think... What we were saying before, there's probably two favorites, so you can go back and forth between which one's going to be number one. I definitely think I have one cemented in my head of which one I'll pick number one. Yeah. But unlike last year, I don't think there's, um, you know, there's a few sequels. It's easier to judge how well a sequel's doing, or at least yep. project how well a sequel will do. I, there's not so many. I think we passed a lot of them already this year. We saw the Avengers that's not on our list right? because it came out a little bit earlier. Uh, but, yeah, there's some wild cards out there that I think are kind of hard to project. Uh, they could go one way or the other. Yeah. So it, it's not as easy, I think, as last year. Yeah, last I went and looked back at the <coughs> profile. I think you have more of a scientific method than I do uh, in terms <laughs> of picking them out. I, I went and eyeballed the uh, top 2011 overall movies, though most of those were summer blockbusters. And honestly, uh, I mean... I think eight out of the ten or so from the summer were all sequels of movies that made a ton of money, so it was pretty easy to pick, um, aside from Winnie the Pooh, uh, movies that were probably going to do fairly well. Um, Seems more difficult this year, especially after the top few. Um, I think there's a lot more room to falter. Right, right. Uh, Very interesting. So with that, I'm going to take the first pick. Please, Thomas. With my first pick, I select Dark Knight Rises. Oof. All right. Well, uh, I mean, I, I, that was certainly in consideration for my number one pick. 
It was, okay. It was one of the two, then, that you were yes. pondering. And okay. obviously, we'll get away with my, my number two pick, which I'm sure you know already, but yeah, the Dark well, Knight well, Rises. Yes, yes. I, I want to talk a little bit more about Dark Please. Knight Rises before we jump ahead to your pick. Yeah. Um, so this one is the third of the, I guess we could say, Christian Bale, Christopher Nolan Batman trilogy. Yep. Uh, Batman Begins made $205 million back in its year. Okay. So that's pretty good. That was the first. Dark, yeah. yeah, that was the first. Dark Knight made five hundred and thirty-three million. It's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. Yeah. Obviously, Dark Knight Rises. I don't think it has as much going for it as I that would, one did, right? I it, would agree. There, yeah. Yeah, the whole Heath Ledger thing. Uh, that was big. Everyone wanted to see Heath Ledger's last performance, the one that, I guess you could say, killed him. Yeah. Uh, right. The Joker also being. A big villain. He was extremely popular in the first Tim Burton series, so I think that helped a lot too because everyone likes to see the Joker of all yes. the Batman villains. He's the most popular and he's the most fun to watch because he talks so much. He's crazy. He's batty. He's joking around all the time. He's just a complete nut job. Yeah. So it's a lot of fun to watch the Joker. So there's no Joker in this one. Uh, the main villain is a guy named Bane. Played by Tom Hardy, and I'm not even sure who that is. Yeah, I, I my my parents certainly don't know who Bane is, or mm-hmm. why should they care? And I mean, he definitely give DC credit because that is, you know, it may have been he may have been prevalent before the '90s, but as far as I'm aware, he's kind of a, a the creation of the '90s, which you know was a big time for comic books. But it's not. Uh, there's a reason all the characters from the '90s aren't featured in films over and over again. It's characters from the '60s because yeah. those are the iconic characters that are very well known. I mean, I'll go so far as to say, I think in the years since the sequel, there's been a bit of a backlash, maybe, or mm-hmm. some of the shine yeah. has worn off a little bit. Because I mean, it certainly is a very stunning movie to see theatrically, and I, you know, it was pretty much the first Blu-ray I owned, you know, which I think it was that way for a lot of people as well, because mm. you get new into the Blu-ray, just like DVDs. A lot of people's first DVD was The Matrix. Um, mm-hmm. I think the, <laughs> yeah, the Dark right. Knight was a lot of people's reasons for buying Blu-rays, but I mean the bloom has fallen off the rose a little bit. And I, one of my principles for 2012 summer blockbuster is I think there's going to be a bit of a faltering of superhero movies in general this year. Or it hasn't shown that way yet though, because if I'm not mistaken, the event. Well, it just broke. The <laughs> Avengers uh, did fairly well for itself already. The Avengers right? did spectacularly well, and I don't yeah. know if there's enough room to support them all. And obviously, this is like people saying that there's not enough oil in the world, we've, which we've been hearing for 200 years, mm-hmm. um, and then they're continually proven wrong. But I'm of the suspicion, and one of my principles, which I wrote down to myself, was backlash of superhero movies. But hmm. we'll see. I don't see it happening yet, yeah. but we will see. Yeah. We'll see. So yeah, uh, Dark Knight Rises, that's my first pick. A couple of things to note, Anne Hathaway plays Catwoman. Per. Nice. Per. Yeah, yeah, I wrote that down too, actually, per. <laughs> I'm a big Hathaway fan. and I mean, do you, do you foresee yourself seeing this theatrically or... Uh, afterwards, you know, on DVD or... No, but I'll say this. I didn't see the other two theatrically either, so I don't think I'm the best uh, judge. I I know a lot of people are looking forward to this, but I I agree there may be a backlash, maybe because the Joker thing got uh, blown way out of... uh, Maybe not way out of proportion, but it got carried extremely far. I mean, he won an Academy Award for playing a comic book villain. Yeah. Really well. I mean, I'll give him credit. That was really impressive and fun. But I think that's where a lot of the backlash comes uh, yeah. from. It's yeah. sort of uncharted territories. Uh, a c- 
couple other things to note. Uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt is in this one. I like Joseph Gordon-Levitt. He does yeah. some good movies in general, for sure. Yeah, so there's three actors from Inception in this movie, uh, by my count. Hmm. Uh, let's see. Uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt was one. Tom Hardy was another one. And ah, I didn't write down the other one. <laughs> Heinz Ward is also in this movie. So I'll take that forever. It's for a football player. Yeah, there is. If you've seen the trailer, there is a football scene where he's returning a touchdown as the uh, earth is quaking underneath his um, or right behind him. I may yeah. have seen some of that. Yes, interesting. He, he, he gets a lot of FaceTime uh, for what it's worth in the uh, uh, in the trailer. Oh, Marion Cotard. That's the other person. Yeah. I don't know if I'm saying that right. Well, I know you you have an idea in mind. You, you've. Uh, Scouted these out. Are, are you thinking this is going to be a north of four hundred million, four hundred to five hundred? I have three hundred and fifty million, which right. is quite a drop off from the first one. It's a lot. More, uh, sorry, a big drop off from the second one. Right. Uh, quite a bit more than the first one, but I think uh, three hundred fifty million is still a lot of money. Yeah, I would suspect, especially with Avengers being off the table, that yeah should be enough to carry a, a strong first place. One would hope. Yeah. So. That's my pick. Matt, do you have number two in mind? I'm pretty sure I can guess what it is, but I'll let you yeah. rain down the thunder. Well, even with my uh, principle, and my number two principle was, I feel like it's time for a superhero backlash. Okay. Uh, I still am, am not dumb. I, I'm going to put uh, Amazing Spider-Man in as I, my number two pick. I, I typed that up before you even yes. said it. Now, what gives me a little bit of hope, um, if I do think... Which I don't, but that superhero movies haven't been somewhat overly hyped. <laughs> we do have S- Spider-Man coming in right after Avengers, so mm-hmm. I mean, this is mm-hmm. kind of like your geek boy's fantasy of, oh, what I want, I want to know more what's going on with Spider-Man at the end of that movie. You know, here we are, two or three months later, getting you know the next installment of of the Superman story. You talked yourself into it just as you talked yourself out of it, and uh, then back true. into it again. Yeah. Plus, I, like I, that. I think the Spider-Man's going to skew to a younger age, which is going to give us much more repeat viewings than The Dark Knight Rises. How do you feel about that? So, there's a reason I didn't pick Amazing Spider-Man. Please. Um, oh, there's two reasons. Okay. If you look at the first one... Uh, it made 400 million. The second, okay. 370. The third one, 336. So there's a bit of a drop solid. off there. But still solid. Still solid. Oh, yeah. obviously. So still my number two pick, and yeah. I had it penciled in for you. Third, <laughs> though, and I'm not sure how this is going to play out, but Tobey Maguire's not in this one. True. Uh, also, it's being directed by Mark Webb, not Sam Raimi. Yeah. So there's a big change up there. Mark Webb, he did 500 Days of Summer, which I really enjoyed. It was a really good movie. Uh, it wasn't exactly a comic book movie, but right. it, you know it had its own little niche to it. And I, I think there were some uh, scenes in that movie, some sequences that could lend itself to the comic book genre if played out a little differently. So right. I don't think he's too much out of his element there. Uh, Zuckerberg's frenemy, Andrew Garfield, is playing the new Spider-Man. <laughs> He looks like a pretty good, uh, oh, what's Spider-Man's name again? Peter Parker. Peter Parker, thank you. Yeah, yeah. He looks like a pretty good Peter Parker. If Tobey Maguire hadn't played it first, I would say Andrew Garfield looks like a pretty good pick. But the fact that they're changing people in and out, uh, Emma Stone is playing his love interest in this, it looks like they're cycling it back to where Peter Parker's back in high school, so they've maybe turned the clock back a little bit on the series. I believe, yeah, that's the plan, yeah. Mm-hmm. 
and uh, an actor I really like, Rice Ifans or Reese Ifans, yeah, is playing the lizard. I think he's a really good actor. I think he'll do very good as the lizard. He played a professor in another movie I saw recently, huh. uh, that was the Five Year Engagement movie I just saw this past weekend, okay. and uh, he did a really good job in that. I've always liked what he's done. So I think Spider-Man has a chance to make more money than The Dark Knight Rises. What, what do you think of that, of, of that statement? I think it's riskier, which is why I didn't pick it. I think The Dark Knight Rises is going to be much more... It's going to be on more solid ground. It's more bankable. More bankable. There's fewer unknowns. We know who Batman uh-huh. is. We know people except Christian Bale as Batman. Christopher Nolan, we know what he does. I'm not sure if... Average Joe moviegoer who plucks down three hundred and fifty million knows the difference mm-hmm. between Christopher Nolan, not Christopher Nolan, Sam right. Raimi, not Sam Raimi. But who knows how that's going to play out with reviews and whether it has the legs to make yeah. the big money, not past the fir- or past the first week, right? Well, I've got to love it because I picked it. So here's here's my pitch for why I think Spider-Man will do better. Please, please. one, and this is, is very important. PG-13. I, I assume they're going for a PG-13 with, with Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. So I think that opens up a huge market. I mean, your most uh, frequent moviegoers are going to be the high school kids, junior high kids, off in the summer, ready for repeat viewing, to give Matt like more, more money. This, I've heard this theory before somewhere. Maybe I have to <sighs> listen to an older podcast. Though. Yeah. Oh, boy. Pooh <laughs> is starting to kill me. And then two, we did talk about the weakness of the villain. So we've got Bane versus the Lizard, and yeah. you know, Lizard's more pretty recognizable. People are, or even if you're not, you know from looking at the Lizard, okay, that's definitely a villain. You look at Bane, who wears a funny mask and is kind of a big guy. Yeah. Maybe that isn't going to be as big of a draw. Maybe, maybe I stole the number one pick right from underneath you, Tom. Wow. Wouldn't be surprising because I did have these pretty close. I had Dark Knight Rises, three hundred and fifty million. I had Amazing Spider-Man at three hundred and twenty-five. Okay, wow. Yeah, you are giving respect then. Uh, I yeah. mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised if if Spider-Man does two fifty and and fizzles. But uh, <laughs> we'll see what what happens uh, when the cookie crumbles. The next movie I have isn't even two fifty by my projection. Okay, so still be beating me, but I'm also. Maybe not giving it as much love as it should have. Uh, Some, should we mo- yeah, something has to make money this summer, though I had t- trouble, especially in the lower end, figuring out what. Yeah. So uh, are we ready to move in to pick number three? I'm done with my piece, and I, I'm still feeling okay about even though I went number two. Yeah, this is where it does get dicey, though, because I do <laughs> not know what to expect. All right, I'll try not to laugh. For my second pick, I pick Brave. Wow. Wow. Did you just choke on that? This is the Pixar. <laughs> yes. This is the Pixar ginger film. Uh, I should have let you just go ahead and uh, you know, let that fall to number ten for me. But yes, yes, I did not. I literally had that as number eleven. So number eleven. Wow. Yeah. Okay, so let me take you through it. Uh, yeah, the, the Pixar ginger film. I'll get to that yeah. in a second. Um, <laughs> I am torn on this film. All right. But part of me says never bet against Pixar. Let me run through the last five films they did. Shoot. Cars 2, 191 million. Yeah. So of all the films I'm going to read you, that's the lowest. Yeah. Toy Story 3, 415 million, but that's a Toy Story franchise. It's a whole different story. Still, 415 million. I'd take half of that with my second pick. Up, 293 million. Wall-E, 223. Ratatouille, five years ago, so different dollars, two hundred and six yeah. million. 
So I'm betting on the franchise more than anything, yeah. because as I watch the trailer for this, it doesn't interest me nearly as much as any of those movies <laughs> that I just read you. It interests me more than Cars 2, I'll give yeah, you that. Yeah, right. But it's about... <laughs> it looks like it's a Scottish folklore film. Um, <laughs> I read the synopsis, which I don't even remember, and I, and I dismissed it. I'm like, that sounds horrible. It sounds like a movie that a... Not even like a third party, like a fourth party that wanted to break into digital animation mainstream movies would write for some reason. <laughs> or like it came out of some weird production house in Bulgaria or something. In Scotland, nonetheless. Yeah. yeah. Um, at first I wrote down that I was really upset because I kept hearing Mike Myers reuse and reuse his Scottish accent over again. Into like he ground. did it in Shrek, so I yeah. married an axe murderer, Austin Powers' as Fat Bastard, and SNL skits. And then I realized when I looked up the film that that's actually Billy Connolly, and his <laughs> actual, true, genuine <laughs> accent sounds a lot like Mike Myers' Scottish accent. Well, So, kudos to Mike Myers Yeah, for that, as but. it turns out, props to Mike Myers. <laughs> yeah, even though he's not in this film at all. But, um, yeah, I, Pixar always hits home runs, yeah. but maybe this is the time they don't hit a home run, and it's, you know, maybe a $100 million film that I just picked. Yeah. Because... It's about a a young girl in, a, yeah, as I said, a total redhead family. Oh, yeah. She has this fiery red hair, and she dreams of becoming a warrior, and there's this big, huge bear that her father or grandfather tells tales about that's like, you know, 30 feet high or something like that. Right. And beautiful scenery of what looks like uh, old Scotland. Rendered you know, Scotland, yeah. Exactly, exactly. So it looks like a really beautiful film, and I'm sure it's a great story, but with... <laughs> I hate to say it, right? <laughs> I, you know, I'm, I'm looking down upon my American brethren, but uh, can they get fired up about Scottish folklore? <laughs> can they get past all the goofy accents? Right. right? And it sounds horrible to say, but I'm, I'm saying it in truth here, because I want to pick a film that gets makes a lot of money for me. <laughs> Uh, can they get past all that without any dragons and still plunk down their dollars to see a well-made Pixar film? Yeah. So, yeah, I, I picked this one with a little trepidation. I probably should have saved it for the end because I could have picked this with my final pick. Correct. Most likely. That's true. And if it makes a lot of money, I could have picked something else in the meantime. So yeah. now my strategy really sucks. But Yeah, good of you to admit that in a public forum as well, this area of, <laughs> of flaws and missteps. Yeah, Well, I, I think... From my understanding, Cars 2 was pretty much universally panned as being the worst Pixar movie in terms of quality and story. Mm-hmm. Now, it did have the Cars franchise behind it, which was a huge name. And I know we talked about the the uh, licensing for Cars really being worth more than the movies. They don't even need to make the movies anymore. It's just the pillowcases mm-hmm. and crap that's worthwhile. They could run the first movie in reverse. Yeah, like exactly. million dollars. So I like to talk to myself into thinking maybe if this movie's actually worse or doesn't hit with the audience, we're talking about, you know, $150 million. But really, when I talk about $150 million, I, I can't guarantee that my next pick is going to make $150 million where yeah. I feel like you've got $150 million guaranteed in the bank at this point. So okay. that is troubling, to say, to say to the <laughs> least. Yeah. Anything else you want to say about Brave? I know you barely brushed up on it at all, so I kind of uh, just that glancing out. over it at 55 miles an hour <laughs> as I dismissed it. Uh, and it's funny that was one of my other principles for this year. Is after the Pooh incident, I wrote scared of animated movies. What I considered the very foundation of my movie experience, <laughs> movie picking experience last year, I now completely pull out. 
that foundation block and throw it away after Winnie the Pooh. So obviously you feel like this one meets enough age ranges, which we talked about earlier today, where you're going to get that repeat viewership or, or larger throngs of groups going. Yeah, I mean, the first thing I said here is never bet against Pixar. Pixar's been successful. They break into multiple age groups. I mean, yeah. a lot of these movies you can show to a younger audience, but the older audiences still enjoy engaged. watching Toy Story. Yeah. Right? yeah. And I, I project this one to be $225 million, but of course, it's... Yeah, well... You look at Cars 2, $191 million, universally panned. Yeah. Uh, Wall-E, 225 I, I'm picking at the low range of the last five movies. Yeah. And that's not taken into account inflation. So. I, I will grant you that probably was a wise choice, Thomas. <sighs> we'll see. I'm a little bit nervous, but <laughs> Pixar, go do it for me. John Lasseter, go make, it go rain. make me a good movie. Yeah. Make it rain. Okay, Matt, number yeah. four. So uh, I, I set up my... I spoke about two of my principles that I set up. Uh, for the first one was I, I hated uh, superhero movies. I, I think hate superhero flop, movies this year, yeah. Which I then, the first two picked which were superhero movies. I then picked. My yeah. second principle is to avoid animated movies, and now following suit, I'm going to pick an animated movie. <laughs> I knew it. Uh, so, I mean, as much as I think I learned from last year, I, I just can't shrug my shoulders at, at these films. Yeah. So we've we've still got a few choices available to us in the we animated do. genre, and I picked horribly last year. If I remember correctly, I picked uh, Kung Fu Panda, which I think was the biggest loser of all the animated movies. I mean, it still made good money, uh, mm-hmm. but it was not as big as some of the other uh, animated films last year. So I'm probably going to repeat that. Mm-hmm. And looking at my my choices, I arbitrarily yeah I arbitrarily rated this one higher, and I and I didn't really investigate. Very much, but I'm gonna go with uh, Madagascar three with oh. the God darn it! Don't chuckle. I'm gonna go with Madagascar three. No, I mean I. Uh, go ahead. You can you can go through your explanation on this. It's it's probably a pretty good pick. Um. Well, I just like laughing at. <laughs> the other choice, I wasn't sure how many sequels they were even at, but it seemed like a lot. That mm. I figured there was some sort of uh, exhaustion yeah. in the marketplace. So the, the Madagascar. And I don't even know who's in that. Is that the Ben Stiller one? Ben Stiller, Chris Rock, David Schwimmer, Sasha Baron Cohen. Look at others. that. That's yeah. money. I mean, it's, Ben Stiller doesn't make... Ben Stiller doesn't wipe his ass unless it's for $100 million at the box office. So <laughs> right there we've got... A, the first 100 mil is coming in from Ben Stiller, personally, I'd, I'd say. You think uh, the kids like Ben Stiller? You think they're saying, oh, mommy, take me to see Ben Stiller. No, but maybe their 40-year-old-something mom says, Oh, that Ben Stiller is such a cutie, and then takes their kids to see Madagascar. <laughs> You're already breaking me. You can hear it in my voice, and I'm already not really sure about this pick. Yeah. That's the guy who did the Zoolander. <laughs> Get the Zoolander. Do the Zoolander. Blue Steel. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I had to pick something there, and that's mm. it. You did it, that's right. for sure. So, yeah, I have this one estimated at... $170 million. Damn, that's all right. The first one made $190 million, the second one $180 million. Wow, that's a, all right. a DreamWorks, yeah. A little bit of a fall-off, so I kept going at yeah. minus $10 million per year. So we'll see what happens there. It's a DreamWorks, not Pixar. Yeah. Uh, the animals are still trying to get back to New York City where their zoo is located. All right. That's about all I had on that. So I could talk myself into, just like your first pick, I'm going to say that Madagascar is going to beat out the Goliath of Pixar and maybe generate more money with with uh, Brave having a, a falter 
in terms of the audience not reacting to it, liking the simplistic American story of Madagascar and that Ben Stiller whoa, character. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Is this a side bet we got going here? No. Do I have to track this? I'm just trying to talk myself into my picks being better than your picks and okay, rationalizing okay. it accordingly. Because I'm all for a side bet, by the way. I mean, this. Let's see. This one opens six eight, so that's ooh, that's next week. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Brave opens six twenty two, so you're gonna have two weeks on. I I did like the placement of the Madagascar <laughs> as well. I will admit. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting pick. All right. I'm feeling good about that. Feeling good about that. Yeah. Okay. Since I know you like children's films, even though your second rule is don't pick children's films, I'm going to pick a children's <laughs> film that you will probably pick next if I don't pick it now. Wow, yes. Whew, that was a lot of talking. Yeah, twisted logic, but valid. <clears throat> Ice Age Continental Drift. <laughs> that was the one, yeah. That was the one. Isn't, isn't yeah. that, I wrote down I Ice Age 17, because I really didn't know how many there were. It <laughs> seems like there's a lot of them. So, unlike the movie you picked, this one actually, money-wise, is trending upwards. Gosh darn it. See? Uh, num- yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, the first one, $176 million. The second one, $195 million. Third one, 196 So it wasn't trending up a lot, but it was trending yeah. up. But you might be right, because there may be a cap. Maybe after the third one, there's a drop-off, and kids yeah. are saying, I don't want to see the stupid woolly mammoth anymore with, yeah. you know, Uncle Ray Romano's voice. <laughs> there has to be, I mean, 90% overlap between the Madagascar audience and the Ice Age audience, and it really <laughs> must just be the, like, the repeat visits that make the difference or something, because yeah. it's kind of arbitrary which one you would go to, it seems to me. Yeah. And this one, uh, I'll, I'll lend you a little credence to one of your strategies. This one comes out eight thirteen. Yeah. So you've got over two months ahead of time on me on this. So you're going to go completely through the theaters. Uh, this one, yeah. I mean, it, it's got a month and a half to make its money. Well, the good news is time. the kids are going back to school right at the end of August, so you don't have as much legs in terms of the summer audience <laughs> that I do. Ooh, that's a good point. Yeah. I mean, that yeah. kids are going back at the end of August. You might only have a, one full week, maybe a week and a half. Yeah. Man, if I yeah. were you, I would not be happy with... Oh, never mind. Oh. Just kidding. Really? That's a great pick. Thanks. And it, my, Ray Romano and... Is Dennis Leary? Is yeah, Dennis Leary and I think um, mm, someone doing the squirrel voice, too. That funny little squirrel <laughs> voice. <laughs> like John Leguizamo. Oh, That's yeah. what it is. That would be good, hey, too. Pretty close. Pretty uh, close. I like my cast, too. It's more ready for the cover of Entertainment Weekly than, than your ragamatag group. Yeah, but you're not putting the cast of voices on a cover, right? <laughs> Come on. It's Entertainment Weekly. they they got to sell magazines, man. Yeah, Little animated yeah. things or whatever is in Madagascar or Ice Age. All right, so I'm I feeling good. I can't even tell you what, what the Ice Age is about. All I know is it's continental drift, and the mammoth walks around. It's got Ray Romano's voice, and everybody loves Uncle Raymond. So. <laughs> I was going to make a joke if I picked it and call it Ice Age 17, if uh, I got you. Look in front of my movie. Uh. But I didn't uh, even really know if there's possibly two Ice Ages coming out this summer. And I'm like, can I even say that? Maybe Tom's going to be confused. <laughs> and he thinks I'm joking with him. And, uh. Oh, yeah. And then you get me into a tizzy. Yeah. Yeah. It's all over from there. I mean, what's. what? what can it have enough legs to support the fourth iteration of Ice Age? Moneymaker. I guess. Even if it makes less money than the other ones, right? Yeah. I'll still be happy. 150 millions less yeah. than any of the other ones before it. With your so. third pick, you got to be happy about that. So Matt, you're getting into danger zone here. Yeah. Um, because number one, you love children's films <laughs> and you love comic book movies, but number two, yes. you don't like children's films and you don't like comic book <laughs> movies anymore. 
And I think all those movies are pretty much gone. Yeah. So. We're we're into uh, untapped territory at this point. Absolutely. Where well, are you going to go? It's your pick. I, I am on the clock at this point. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to pick a movie that I'm... The, my first notes are all negative about it, uh, about why it will not succeed. Uh-huh. But it does have kind of a big name in the title. So my, my pick is going to be The Bourne Legacy. Bondrook! Well, that's good at least. Yeah, and I didn't I do any research in, in the previous movies, but I suspect they all made over $100 million. Right. Oh, you want me to answer that? Yes, they did. All right. Phew. I wanted you. To, I wanted you to. Sweat I was sweating it for seconds. a second. Like, oh no. So, uh, 121 million was yeah. the first one. 176, and then wow. 221. No so kidding. they all trail up. All right. So for I, those not in the know, though, there, there's no Matt Damon and actually <gasps> no Jason Bourne in <gasps> the movie. What? I know. Shocking. Okay, everyone, uh, don't see Bourne Legacy. Whatever you do, there's no Matt Damon. So save all your money. Yeah, now there yeah. is Rachel Weiss, so that's going to get Weiss. all the weirdos yeah. like me to show up anyways, because yeah. she's pretty cute. Yeah. If, when I was going to pick this movie, I was going to say it does have uh, Matt's crush of about ten years, Rachel Weiss, in this movie. She's, so. she's got a little something going on, a little sassy pants in her. I th- yeah, I think uh, Jackass Matt will probably buy two tickets to see <laughs> this movie back-to-back. One in case Rachel him. shows up, yes, with the popcorn <laughs> in her seat and everything. That's well, I was going to say watching it back-to-back, just so you can pile in, like, four or five hours of Rachel uh, uh, Continuously, yeah, it's like a drip. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, very curious they decided to make a movie, and I, I could see that being perceived correctly as a cash grab. Um, but there is a market for an adult thriller movie that's has some action, has a mm-hmm. little cerebral... I mean... The Bourne series is kind of like the modern-day James Bond, if you will, not in terms of what actually happens, but mm-hmm. it seems like there's you know, a little bit of mystery, a little bit of intrigue about what's going on, You know, a character that we know a little bit about um, that mm-hmm. does some highfalutin things or whatever with some gadgetry. Um, right. I just think it's an interesting series and one that probably can withstand even not having Matt Damon involved. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the the Bourne Legacy, so the new one has uh, Jeremy Renner, yeah. and if you don't know, he was uh, he was the uh, the main actor in the Oscar-winning film. Oh, man, I'm blacking out on this one, too. The Hurt Locker. Oh, Thank yeah, yeah. Thank you very much. The Hurt Locker. So that's really one of his main claim to fame. He was also in The Avengers and The Town. Uh but he's not really a name actor. Yeah, like kind of like a popular, trendy name, but not in a household mm-hmm, name mm-hmm. or whatever. I assume he's on the back pages of Us Weekly and not in the front yet type of a thing. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So Tony Gilroy, who's an extremely good director, he did uh, Born Ultimatum, Born Identity, Born Supremacy. Um, whoop, hold on a second here. Sorry, he did uh, Michael Clayton. That's the one I was thinking of. He, oh, I yeah. guess he was a writer. He worked on the other Bourne right. uh, films. But yeah, Getting Michael Clayton is the one that I was trying to come up with there. Yeah, that's a really good flick. I like that quite a bit. Right. So he, he's a director with Chops. And if you've seen the trailer, it looks like any other Bourne film out there. And maybe even a step up from some of the other Bourne films. Yeah. It's a lot of action. You're not going to miss Matt Damon in this movie, right. unfortunately. It may be a good so. thing to pull through. I mean, as soon as you throw Matt Damon out, I assume everything's on the table. You realize you're breaking the mold. So mm-hmm. if you really had a way that you wanted to make a Bourne movie, but you you couldn't do it with a Matt Damon 
the born i mean it it was a it's bigger mm-hmm. than just you know making a movie you want to make at that point it's yeah established in stone so maybe you get an opportunity here to kind of hit the reset button and do things a little differently and yeah. might get some people's interest and be a better movie than i mean by the time you get to the third born movie you already have all this weight that you have to support you know all this mm-hmm. pre-existing stuff with Freaky Patente getting shot, and he's still angry about it. All that crap. I mean, you kind of flush it out the window and just start over. So yeah, yeah, and that's pretty much what they're doing. They're saying that you know uh, their experiment didn't end with Jason Bourne. It's just the beginnings. They got this new guy. Um, People that are in this film, Ed Norton's in this film. Rachel Weisz, as we already said, Stacy Keach has a role in this movie. Nice. Yeah, how about Stacy Keach? I gotta buy a third ticket now to see Stacy three times in a row. Exactly. (laughs) This is gonna be an expensive trip out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Albert Finney, who I thought was dead about five years no ago. No kidding, yeah. That's I thought he's in this movie. All right. We got, our, we, we got our villain, our crotchety old man villain, apparently, yeah. <laughs> so I had this one projected, actually, at $200 million. All right. So I've got it slightly less than the last installment, but higher than the other ones and still very successful for the year. That sounds about right to me, and I, I'm pretty happy with that. I mean, it still doesn't seem as much of a slam dunk as my third pick was last year, which I don't remember what it was, uh, but it seems like it's going to do well. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it it's some poop. cartoon. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, boy. All right, Tom. Now now we're into uncharted territories oh, here, man. because that was definitely going to be my slam dunk of a pick, All the right. pick that I really wanted to ride home with. <laughs> and now we're getting into the point where... One of us, uh, or both of us, are going to be picking films that could just be complete and utter flops. Yeah. Films, uh, maybe not necessarily flops, but films that aren't going to be making as much money as we need to win this thing. The chances of embarrassment have gone up at this point, yes. Yeah, the stakes have, have risen. <laughs> and Okay. Uh, I think I'm going to make my pick here. All right. And I'm not feeling 100% confident about it, but this movie is... Uh, it's getting a lot of publicity. It has a lot of geek following behind uh-huh. it. It's a movie that Jackass Matt is going to pay his $10 to see, so it's going to go into the kitty. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's a little movie called Prometheus. Yeah, that is what I had specked out for the next choice. Okay, I had it specked out as my next choice, yeah. too, but I had it tied with a number of movies. Yeah. Uh, but I picked this with trepidation. Uh, Gladiator made $187 million, but right. other than that... yeah. It's very difficult to find a uh, Ridley Scott movie that makes the kind of money that all these summer blockbusters make. Yeah. And you can even go further and say that no alien movie has ever cracked $100 million, but we haven't seen one. I don't even count Alien vs. Predator because those are just crapshoots. Right. um, I don't... There's no alien movie that's cracked $100 million. They haven't made one in, I don't know, over 10 years, I would say. So it was a different time, different money. But... There's something about this. Uh, Ridley Scott's coming back to do it. He made the first one that kicked off this whole crazy alien phenomena, which comic book geeks love, the sci-fi geeks love. And in this one, he keeps saying it's a prequel to Alien. Right. Prometheus is the ship uh, that's discussed, at least, in the first one in Alien. They decided to make a story around that. And I think it's... Uh, it talks about the discovery of a planet where a team of explorers thinks they're finding the origins of mankind, but they may really just end up be uh, walking into a trap, so to speak, right. for what we know as the alien creatures. Yep, yep. At least that's what it appears to be from the trailer. 
Yeah. Uh, it does look like there are going to be aliens, but they never show them in the trailer, just like Ridley Scott did in Alien, right? right? Keep it hidden, keep it scary, keep it interesting, but with a much bigger budget and, you know, a, a lot <coughs> more that he can do these days with this type of story. Yeah, you know, my third principle that I defined, which, again, I was ready to violate, is... Uh, don't bet on a horror our science fiction movie. It's just insane because yeah. yeah. it's easy to see it, it flopping. But, I mean, like you said, it's got so much buzz. And I don't know if that's just a factor of a, a, a weaker summer than last summer mm-hmm. or, or if it's truly deserving of it. What, what I will say in Prometheus's, uh <clears throat> defense is that I, I do think it will hit both the geek market, which guys like me and... The nerds at work are all geeked up about it and very excited, mm-hmm. and I think it will have some sort of art house atmosphere, and, and maybe not, but I suspect with the designs and keeping in with the Geiger type of influence for the alien designs and stuff, I do suspect there are going to be some people that wouldn't traditionally go see just a hard R movie that would, would go see this. Right. Yeah, I, I agree. I think it's going to tap into a little bit more of a... Uh, a critical following, and you look at the people who are in this movie too: Michael Fassbender, uh, Numi Rapace, mm-hmm. who was in uh, *Girl with the Dragon Tattoo*, the first mm-hmm, *Girl mm-hmm. with the Dragon Tattoo*. Charlize Theron, Guy Pearce. They don't have a lot of, you know, major names that come in and completely sell a movie. And, yeah. You know, Bruce Willis of yesteryear type person. Yeah. They've got some people who have like really good recognition in art house films, uh, critical followings. Right? Michael Fassbender's probably the guy when it comes to hot names yeah. within the past few years, right? He got a lot of recognition for Shame, which he got an Oscar nomination for. He's just a really solid actor. Yeah. Um, Numi Rapace, it'll be easy to... S- I may be just completely butchering her name, by the way, but <laughs> it'll be interesting to see what she does yeah, in the sure. English language film. Gotta and, take this uh, as their chance to break through again or what <laughs> have you, yeah. Yeah, and then Guy Pierce, right? I mean, we we know Guy Pierce from L.A. Confidential, from sure. Memento, and a number of other small movies, small roles, but yeah. you know, just roles that he could really sink his teeth into, no matter how much he was getting paid. So it'll be interesting to see this collection of characters working together on this uh, strange planet to see if there's enough them uh, enough for them there to, you know, stretch those acting muscles and at the same time make what could be a fun movie for a lot of people who enjoy the sci-fi genre. Yeah. Here, here's what should be keeping you up late at night is the last year re- release of the prequel slash redo of the thing. Mm-hmm. And I think that's certainly the thing. Uh, yeah, I remember this. Remember they they made like a I think it was a, sort of a prequel or sort sort of a redo of John Carpenter's The Thing. Okay. Okay. Um, and that got a lot of publicity beforehand, and it mm-hmm, probably made mm-hmm. about thirty or forty million dollars. So I, right. I don't see Prometheus doing the same thing because yeah. Ridley Scott's, and it's already gotten more hype than than uh, the the Thing prequel. But uh, right, if I had only planted that seed earlier to really get you quivering about it, maybe I could have swiped the Prometheus from you, yeah. but I didn't. It's not it's not breaking a sweat at all. I, I do worry about picking this film. It, I projected it being 150 million i think it could definitely fall lower than that maybe yeah. like in the 100 uh range you know there's probably about a 50 million dollar swing you could project here sure. 25 million dollar swing but 
at this point, uh, like I said, it's a crapshoot. There aren't many. <laughs> it's easy to pick sequels at this point, right? There aren't yeah. many of those left out there, so True. we have to start it to go off of uh, off of uh, other yeah. uh, data here. I'm not sure how fair. You know, is it fair to say this is a sequel? I, I think Prequel. so. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, they could have done themselves a, a more of a service by calling it Alien Prometheus or something like that. Not that I think they should have done that. I mean, if you artistically want to name it Prometheus, then that's perfectly cool. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, it maybe makes Tom Blaine's life a little bit more difficult. <laughs> but, like I said before, no alien movie has really made this much yeah. money. But, you, you know, you could argue that back when uh, big-name directors like Scott and Cameron were making the alien movies, right, back in the, I think it was maybe the late 70s and then mid-80s. Mid-80s, yeah. movies were made. And that certainly they were would both. Have been, yeah. Yeah. They were certainly more successful than their uh than the later films. Yes. Both of those would have been big the, blockbuster movies today for sure. Yeah. You know, yeah, absolutely. So, I feel pretty safe with it. I don't think it's going to be one that you know, it's not one of those boom bust picks that it could jump up into the 300s range or the no, 200s range. Yeah. I think it's, you know, it, it may top out at 150, but it's probably more likely to be a little bit lower than that. And you're in a good good time period here where uh there's not a lot of competition on the high-end adult entertainment, yeah. I, I'd say. So, yeah, because it's coming true. out in mid-June or early June here, so that's pretty exactly. good. Okay, man. All right, Tom. Things get a little more dicey here at this point. Uh, you can do it. That's my boy. So I, I have one that I ranked number eight overall, and eight we overall. we do happen well, to be in the eighth position. This is the eighth position. I agree. But I am thinking about calling an audible to some degree. Oh, I love it when this happens. Yes. <laughs> uh, this is when the fun begins. What to do, what to do. I'm going to jump down to number 19 on the <laughs> list. So I'm feeling it. It's talking to me all of a sudden. Well, yeah. what we haven't seen yet here is, and I think my, my other picks may still be available, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to reach a little bit. Okay. Did you just say you picked Magic Mike? Can I pencil you in for Magic Mike? <laughs> is that the Soderbergh movie? Which yes, the, the Channing Tatum douchebag film. <laughs> that's what I call it. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna leave the Soderbergh films for for Tom Lane. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, because he's so successful in the box. <laughs> Wait, is it o- called Oceans, Mad Mike? Because then I might be interested <laughs> if that's what it's yeah. called. Um, so what I'm going to pick here, and I looked at the profile, like I said, in part A of last year's, and we had a bunch of kind of action sequels, um, there was the animated sequels, and then there has to be an entry into the big summer comedy. So the question Uh is, uh I think there's going to be a a summer comedy that, that breaks in here. Yeah. And the one that I picked, and (laughs) this is going to sound like a stiller slappy, but I picked The Watch. That's what I just had my cursor on when you started All talking. Right. I have it 14th on my list, but I must tell you that 14 and 8, I mean, they pretty much have about the same dollar amount, and I, I do like this pick. Go ahead and talk through yeah, it. Yeah, I, I ranked it number 9 overall uh, on what I was going for. but um, So it's got Ben Stiller, Vince Vaughn, and you know Vince Vaughn's starting to look like a... 60-pound heavier version of Vince Vaughn these days. Which is fine. Yeah, Yeah, that's fine. I look like an 80-pound heavier version of Matt, so that's cool, too. Um, And the guy from... One of the guys from Lonely Island, which kids love, is the director of uh, said movie. And I'm not even sure what the plot line is. It seems like it's an absurdist-type comedy where there's 
So, so neighborhood dads, played by Jonah Hill, Ben Stiller, and Vince Vaughn, oh, run a neighborhood watch group to defend um, their little section of their neighborhood, right? They got a little bit uppity about it, right? <laughs> They're taking it seriously, you might say, yeah. right? And apparently, and I didn't see this in the trailer at all, but it's in the description, they end up defending the country from alien invasion. Yeah. <clears throat> Okay. That doesn't sound too great, I'm not going to lie, but... No, no, it doesn't. The, the trailer is pretty funny. The trailer shows these three guys and then a fourth person who I'm unfamiliar with All right. taking a teen into the police station in their big, huge Escalade that says Neighborhood Watch on the side. <laughs> you know, music bumping, yeah. Ben Stiller looking serious, Jonah Hill looking serious. And they get there. They're both flanking the teen. One of them, I believe it's Ben Stiller, has raw egg all over him. <laughs> and they're just drilling the kid and essentially saying, you know, look at me while I'm talking, but look at him. <laughs> this whole banter back and forth, which is really funny. I think this could be successful. Like you said, Ben Stiller has a way of yeah. doing pretty good things at the box office when you take a look at some of the movies done like... Uh, Anything that says meet the. I know, exactly. Right. They could call it re-meet the Fockers, and it would be yeah. a ton of $50, $200 million. Or watch the Fockers, you know, <laughs> and he could, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So Evan Goldberg and Seth Rogen, the writers from Superbad, oh, which yeah. made $120 million back in the day, if you believe uh, that. And Jonah I, that Hill. That's hard to believe, yeah. Yeah, yeah, with McLovin. Kind of like that. a little indie comedy, basically. They blew up. <laughs> yeah, that they were the writers of this one, and it looks like... It could be something pretty funny, like something they made earlier. Uh, yeah, and the week it comes out, I have this written down, too. So this comes out 727, so it's just sort of like barely the end of July, yep. right? Yeah. What else comes out that week? Step Up Revolution <laughs> is the only movie that yeah. comes out that week. So Step Up 17 or whatever, yeah. yeah. Electric Boogaloo 4. Yeah. So that should be a good opening weekend. But, man, I, I could see it getting $25 million, but it's got to do good. There, some comedy has to do well this summer. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. I have uh, two hey, or hey. three comedies that I'm just completely toggling back and forth between. Yeah. And this is my fifth pick, right? Are, are we done talking about Neighborhood I'm Watch? I'm done with the Neighborhood Watch, yes. <sighs> I'm ready for... Are you going Are you going comedy? At a, I mean, did I the, miss up? Uh, the number nine pick is the one that historically has destroyed... <laughs> destroyed a person's life. They call it the Dream Maker, I hear. Yeah. Number nine every pick. year we've done this, the number nine pick has been... You know, someone's undoing. Let and me. every year, I mean last year. <laughs> I'm so, loading up my guffaw at you. I'm ready. Yeah. I'm very tempted to take Snow White and the Huntsman, just because we already know it's made at least $56 million, and just take that it to won't. the bank. Yeah. And, but I just, I, I can't do it. I, I don't, <sighs> yeah, I can't do it. Yeah. That chick that's in the movie, she's so made of wood that the Vikings could carve a freaking boat out of her. <laughs> Kristen Stewart, just horrible actress. It's tough to vote with your dollars. And, for the, yeah. and she doesn't look like a Snow White should. I mean, she just looks like, oh, it's trailer trash girl or something. I don't know. <laughs> so anyway, I'm backing yeah. myself off of Snow White and the All right. Huntsman. Yeah. Huntsman, sorry. What did I say? Um, going to pass on two movies here. Yeah. I mean, the, I think there's there's at least one, if not two, movies left that will have an opening as big, but there's also several that won't and are viable picks still. So it's right. 
Right. Landmine filled field in front of you. Okay. I'm ready. Alright, I'm ready for you to be ready. Yeah. Matt first, yeah. that's my boy. Really? That's my number nine pick. Yes. Wow. Huh. You, you just <laughs> you just gave me almost the exact response <laughs> I gave you for Winnie the Pooh. It, it made the cut for my list, but once again, it did not enter into the top ten. Okay, so here's my logic. Sell me, right? sell me on this. I have written down here <laughs> in my, my notes. Boy. That's my boy. That's my boy. I have written down here, Adam Sandler used to piss singles. Yeah. That's what I have written down here. <laughs> no. You remember that movie Jack and Jill, right? Oh, my that he did last year? You're about to tell me that made over $100 million, and I... You're about it, to hear a no, snapping no, no, tone. No. Yes. It made $75 million, though. Oh, my God. And that movie was just universally panned even before it came out. They were splicing in that movie trailer with George C. Scott's reaction to watching his daughter being, you know, emasculated <laughs> in a Hardcore, porn film yes. in the movie Hardcore, right? <laughs> this is months before it came out, and this movie still shat out $75 million. <sighs> so there we go. That's my baseline right there. Yeah. On top of that, yeah. I'd like to present to you that Adam Sandler has been doing a lot of pretty easygoing stuff lately, right? Correct. He's, been doing, he's gotten away from being... A complete retarded lunatic and being <laughs> really? a little bit more soft, you know, in, in Click he was playing a father. And, yeah. Spanglish. You know, yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. In Spanglish, he's doing a different thing there. Yeah. He's going back to being full on moron. Yeah, that's the first movie. statement. Uh, the trailer I saw for it, one thing I'm a little concerned about, the trailer I saw <laughs> online was for mature adu- uh, mature audiences. Yeah. So there's a lot of nudity, a lot of F-bombs being dropped, which leads me to believe it's going to be rated R. Yeah, yeah. None of it looks funny, but yes, there's lots of... I think plenty of it looks funny. This Uh, is where you and I are going to disagree. (laughs) This is a film that I may be seeing alone. I don't think uh, (laughs) Mrs. Jackass Tom will be seeing this with me. I hope not. Yeah, but this is a movie that I may be plunking down 10 hard-earned dollars for. Tom Blaine. Adam Sandler and his son in the movie, Andy Samberg. Yeah. Putting that together, this is just Tom in stupid comedy heaven. Big fan of Andy Samberg. I love the digital shorts he does. It yeah. just comes out of left field. This is obviously enough, not going to be anything like that. Uh, the films play to a different uh, <laughs> different style, obviously, but I, I think this will end up being pretty funny. Huh. I have it written down as $140 million. I have a couple other films at 150 Yeah. that I passed up. Yeah. Two films. Including Snow White, but yeah, um, yeah. I, you know I'm still shaking on Snow White. <sighs> yeah, I went out on a limb here thinking Adam Sandler's going to reel in my gold. Some of the other ones may be a little too risky. Uh, lots of people have bet against Adam Sandler, and like you said, Jack and Jill universally agreed upon as being a bad movie. Jack and Jill went up a hill and made seventy-five million dollars. Unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, exactly. When I saw that, I thought. I've got to have this one in no yeah, cost. That's a solid number nine. I can't say it's a solid. That movie looks so bad. Oh, my God. It Bring looks so it horrible. But I agree. There's a couple other films out there that could be picked yeah. for the comedy role. I'm scrolling up and down, and I'm seeing you know a number of options here that 
I wouldn't mind taking and putting on as my sixth pick, so yeah. to speak. But, well, you know, I, I will say I'm, I'm missing Hangover 3, because I would have slammed that down like you wouldn't believe. As, as <laughs> much as I didn't particularly enjoy the Hangover series, uh, I, I would bet at this point on the bankability of the Hangover franchise. Love yeah, it or not, a, like it or not, it's yeah, it definitely has legs, as a kid say. Right. <sighs> so I'm still recovering from That's My Boy. I mean... Shake off the shingles. I did not see that coming. Uh, yeah, yeah. So I've got a few areas I can I can go with. We already mentioned the Snow White and the Huntsman, which may in fact be what I end up doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, in spite of everything, it didn't make a lot of money, and I mean it's going to crack over 100 million. And I can't necessarily say that about everything. Mm-hmm. But what fun is that? What fun is that really? And honestly, the movie I personally ranked as number seven is still on on the board. Mm-hmm. My number eight is still on the board, by yeah. the way. That's my boy was my number nine. All right. So I'm curious to see what your number eight is, or if you're gonna throw another audible out there. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm debating between three, and Snow White is is one of them, honestly. Mm-hmm. But. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with the one that I know I'm gonna see, and this is, was my number ten, so it, okay. it's fitting. And I'm gonna say, and I think it's gonna do better than the last one, Expendables two. <laughs> Don't you dare give me the silent treatment! Don't you dare give me the silent treatment! Uh, I don't even have it on my list. <laughs> <laughs> That's coming in late August. Uh, okay, okay. Now, the first had to make... It was pretty bad. The first one was bad. But it, it had to crack over $100 million. I I know it had a mm-hmm. pretty big opening weekend. Yeah, okay. And okay. I want to say, uh, last I checked, it was in the 80 to 90 range. And I think this one's going to do a lot more than that. It made $103 million. Well, there we go. I'm just checking it out on Box Office Mojo right now. I think this one's going to do a lot better. Uh, it's got more stars, more, uh, more action... Uh, the last one had like twelve stars. How many more stars do you need, oh, dude? They they added Jean Claude to this one and Ooh. Chuck Norris to this yeah, one. Yeah, I do see those names on there. Yeah, those so looking pretty sexy now. <laughs> I mean, this is your childhood come to fruition. I honestly didn't have this on my list though. Yeah, well, half uh, the fun yeah. is talking about the ones that we didn't didn't agree upon. So exactly. Yeah, I mean, uh, that's. I mean, I think Expendables Two is going to do okay. Uh, and for a number five pick, uh, I'm alright with it. Have you seen Expendables one? I did. Or, okay. It was horrible. How do they fit all these people into the film? How does it work? It, it is tough, and honestly, <laughs> there's Randy Couture. I mean, who obviously is a very low name on the list. He says about five words. Uh, Terry yes. Crews says about ten words. Yes. Um. Mm-hmm. And there, there was a lot. There was surprisingly a lot of only Sylvester Stallone being on the screen, or Sylvester Stallone and... Uh, well, he did write it, so I'm sure he correct. wrote himself very well. Yeah. Correct. And I think they can get away with... There was, like, a love story that, obviously, for Sylvester, but obviously love story. She, she was so <laughs> young, they didn't really write it as a love story because she's oh, obviously in her 20s, and he's obviously... In his 60s, though, he's yes. buff. Yeah. You know, maybe he looks like a buff 50-year-old, but... In his 80s, yeah. He's still, like, three generations apart. So it was, like, a, a friendly love story. So I think they're going to nix that in favor of more action. Um, and I suspect, 
like Jean-Claude, I think, is just going to have, like, a scene where he comes in and does a fight and leaves and stuff like that. Uh, and this, they did the same thing for, like, Willis and Arnold last uh, movie, where they just were kind of involved in a scene and then uh-huh. went away. But uh, it's going to be glorious, man. You get a few beers in you, and then you go to the movie theater, it's going to be something else. Huh. Interesting. Out of left field. Now, that is, like, right at the end of August, I think, so I don't know yeah, if it's it going to, you know, have as much time. Well, it should do all right. Yeah, That's I mean, an adult audience. Yeah, the uh, the amount of money these movies make just trails off towards the end anyway. That's true. So you could Three probably weeks, pick something. Good. Yeah, yeah, you could probably pick something the last uh, Labor Day and still going to make just about as much Enough. money as it's ever going to make. Right. Whew. All right. I'm gonna have to write that one in because I don't even have it on here. Expendables yeah. too. Copy and paste. Yeah, I don't know why I didn't have that in here. Maybe because the first one didn't make jack shit, but. Wow. <laughs> All right, Just so kidding, man. so what Just is the uh, the best one that you left on the table, and why did you I, leave it? So okay, so there's going to be a lot of laughter here because we're going to go back and forth, and we're probably not going to agree on so, yeah. you know the rest of the movies because there's a lot of interpretation here. Sure. The one that I was talking about, um, we're getting back to comedy here. Yeah. Ted. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know what to make of that. I mean, it looks exactly. like a movie I would really like to watch. Uh, and that's and that's why I picked that's my boy because Ted scares the crap out of me. I mean, there's this recognition of Peter Griffin's voice through Seth MacFarlane. Yeah. Uh, Mark Wahlberg plays uh, the main character. Mila Kunis is pretty recognizable Very as much well. So, right. And the trailer cracks me up because there's this teddy bear, you know, making masturbation motions and <laughs> whatnot. It's just hilarious. The premise behind Teddy Bear is that. You know, a young boy, uh, you know, age five or whatever, makes a wish in a star that his teddy bear was real, and then as time goes on, he grows up into a man, and so does his teddy bear essentially. Yeah. So his teddy bears, you know, comes to life much and is animated. Comes to and, life. Yeah. Yeah, and he stays that way. So it, it's a pretty funny premise, and there's this whole uh, story about Mark Wahlberg's character having to grow up, and what are you going to do with Ted? He needs to grow up and move out as well and find his way. It's just kind of a... The story seemed like kind of a weird fit where it's like a coming-of-age movie, really, or... it's. I mean, the plot is almost after-school special-like, even though the content is very adult-oriented. It's... That seemed me as a... It struck me as a very odd fit. And I know we You and I were investigating uh, that Mel Gibson movie where he talks to his hand puppet or whatever, and that just came out, like, a couple months ago or whatever and to no one in the world possibly caring also made me <laughs> remember that I mean that had Jodie Foster and Mel Gibson and who the heck even I can't even remember the name of the movie now and we just were talking about it a couple of weeks ago it seems like yeah yeah no I when you said that I you know deer in headlights staring at the wall what the hell is Matt talking about and then it <laughs> dawned on me oh yeah I remember that now yeah the puppet movie we were gonna do <clears throat> yeah but it this looks really seems interesting. like it has better legs because Family Guy has a huge following. It does. I would, I would think, right? I mean, it's there's a lot of people, a lot of generations of people who watched it because I think even after it was canceled, it's probably been on for more than ten seasons by now. Yeah. So. Um, Plus, it's right yeah. smack in the middle of July, which I wasn't yeah. sure if that was a good placement for it or not. I mean, it's kind of good yeah. counter programming to Spider-Man and Dark Knight. Um, you know, if you're not true. interested in those two, you're probably going to go see Ted, I imagine, there in the middle. 
Yeah, I guess you could. Oh, yeah. Does it come out then, or does it come out in August? I may have written that down wrong. Well, but you know, it's amazing way. how <clears throat> it's been a really volatile year, from what I can tell. I mean, we were talking about uh, what was a GI Joe getting pushed back a whole year. Um, it seems like that's happened much more so this summer than traditional, and I don't know if that just has to do with the lack of other uh, sequels being in there that people are just playing a lot more games, but it seems yeah. like it's really volatile. Yeah, G.I. Joe was on my, my top ten list before really? yeah. I got the news that it was pushed out to 2013. Dang it, uh, that could have been me trying to do Kyle Lowry on you again and it just blowing up on me. <laughs> as well. Just as a backstory, me and Tom are in a fantasy basketball league and uh, I rigged it so that he got what I thought was going to be a horrible, because Tom was on auto-pick so he paid automatically. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I, I rigged it so that Tom was going to bid way too much for Kyle Lowry who then had an all-star caliber season and yeah. ended up costing me dearly. Meanwhile, I'm texting you how white really is Kyle Lowry because he sounds like a very white point guard from Duke. Yeah, his great grandpa invented the Lowry uh, sea yeah. salt. And, yeah. yeah, he's just been living off of those uh, six one point guard from Princeton. Yes, Kyle Lowry, exactly. Yeah. Uh, and some other other movies I had. Yeah. Uh, let me know if you want any talking points from these. The campaign. Yeah. Abraham Lincoln, Vampire Hunter. Right. Yeah, uh, Hope Springs. That one's not ringing a bell. I didn't. Which, when, who's that? It. Who's in that? And uh, oh boy, this is right up your alley. Hope Meryl Streep, Tommy oh. Lee Jones are married. Steve Carell is a marriage counselor yes. from the director of Devil Wears Prada. Comes out mid-August. Uh, this is the type of movie that uh, is definitely targeted towards women in their fifties and sixties. I would say, maybe yeah. even forties. I'm thinking, how much money is one of those going to pull in? I didn't do a whole lot of research, but I did estimate this to be a little over a hundred million. Oh, it's really? number thirteen on my list. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I did see 14, that, sorry. and I mean, I'd love it if we lived in a world where sophisticated movies like that are appreciated and everything, and they are. But they're, that is not going to rocket up into the top ten. Mm, I would I predict. Don't know if it even looks that sophisticated. <laughs> <laughs> just, just, uh, movies, you know, movies are dumb grown-ups, then. That's fine. Yeah. yeah. I mean, this this seems to be the uh, the movie that fills the void for Oprah no longer being on the air. That's kind of the way I've there got we this go. one pegged. Yeah. 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 Dr. Phil's all over this one. Huh. Yeah. And then Rock of Ages later on, Total Recall. Not sure what to do with that one. Yeah, that was... A bunch of movies yeah. that I didn't even write about, just in case you brought them up. Uh, Total Recall was the one that I had in my top ten. And I yeah. mean, I, I absolutely love the original. And, and, yeah, exactly. Uh, but the problem is, it comes out the same weekend as Born, which I thought was extremely bizarre. Yes. Um. So really, right there, you're splitting your audience in two. But I, I mean, I could see that doing a hundred million dollars, and I assume the original did a hundred million dollars, or maybe just comparable. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Very interesting. Uh. Yeah, yeah just it, the timing. Did you watch did you watch a trailer for it at all? No. Not nearly as interesting from the trailer mm. as the original one was. And you could see them piecing together what was in the original and obviously it's a Philip K. Dick story before it was a movie. Yeah. So there's uh, an original source for them to work off of other than a previous movie with Arnold. Yeah. But it's just you know, I'm just watching this thinking it looks just a little too clean, it looks a little yeah. too polished, looks a little too CGI'd, whereas there was something nice and gritty about the original Total Recall 
that made it feel like, you know, especially when they went to Mars, that it wasn't just this clean 2001, everything's white. It was just really dirty. Like, these sure. were the people that may have been coming to America 400, 500 years earlier. Yeah, right. right. The, you know, starting over the new life, a lot of poor people sitting around, and, you know, it, it looked like, and they didn't show maybe a lot of Mars, but it just... No. It, yeah, it just it didn't grab me at all. And Colin Farrell's the main actor in this one. Yeah. I don't know if he's going to be a big box office draw either. I don't know if yeah. many people remember anything that he's been in recently. But. No, and really, if you bring uh, Verhoeven, the director of the original, onto your mm-hmm. movie, you want uh, the darker side of whatever you're going to portray, be it Showgirls or Detroit and RoboCop or Mars <laughs> and, and Total Recall. I mean, he, he's definitely going to kind of dwell in that seedy underbelly of, of whatever topic he, he chooses for a film and I right. mean if you choose somebody that doesn't think that way it's it's an intentional choice in terms of delivering the the remake so yeah uh, very curious now what do you what do you think about the the campaign I was curious about that one as well uh, what campaign what was your projection out for that my projection for that's 125 but it's a very generous 125 okay. because and this came as a surprise to me, and maybe I'm just, you know, a stupid fan of dumb comedy, but Will Ferrell doesn't really make a whole lot of money at the box office. Let me let me read through some Please. films. Yeah. Uh, so it's really hard to judge here. Uh, $33 million for Semi-Pro. Oof. 148 for Talladega Nights. That's the other extreme. Yeah, Casa kidding. de mi Padre, 5.9. <laughs> but there's, there's a bunch of these movies that he's done that are yeah. sub... Uh, 100 million. Jay Roach is the director. He's done Austin Powers, Meet the Fuckers. Like, so he's done a number of big what we mainstream consider, movies, yeah. Yeah, big mainstream comedies. Dinner of Schmucks, which was his last one with Steve Carell. Yeah. That one only made 73 million dollars. Yeah, that was a pretty horrible movie as well. Yeah, yeah, it, it wasn't all that great. And this one has Will Ferrell and Zach Galifianakis. They're two North Carolina politicians uh, running against each other and comes out obviously in a campaign season and all the bad politics that come along with that. You can imagine the tricks that Will Ferrell and yeah. Califanakis would pull out against each other. So I'm kind of primed to see that. I, you know, I'm sure I'll get a lot of flack, but I am a big Will Ferrell fan. I will fall for a number of his comedies on I the agree. lowest yeah. level. Yeah, <laughs> I, I can appreciate his base comedy and, uh, I'm interested in it, and I've seen a few of the, I mean, they can definitely play up the mockumentary angle quite a bit, and that leads to all sorts of mm-hmm. interesting possibilities with promotion, you know, if you know, one of the candidates drops in at a show, in character, and stuff like that, uh, it pr- <laughs> provides you plenty of opportunities for hilarious outtakes and DVD right. extras and all that sort of good stuff, uh, right. but I just don't know, I mean, I think of political comedy, I think of... Bob Roberts, that Tim, what's his name, tall guy? Uh, Tim Roberts. Yeah. I mean... Tim Robbins. Tim Robbins, <laughs> there we go. Yeah. I mean, there hasn't been a lot of... Or the Wag the Dog. Wag I the mean, dog, the, yeah. the tradition of, of political comedy is not exactly uh, been blockbuster-type stuff. It just goes to kind of a limited audience. You know, the same people mm-hmm. that read the politics section in the newspaper, which a lot of people just line their... You know, bird cages with and stuff. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I just don't think it has that much much reach to get to uh, everybody. See, I look at it different than those films. Those films, I think, were trying to be serious satires with notes of comedy sprinkled in, whereas this thing is probably going to be 
completely salted and peppered with with comedy and maybe just a few lines of political satire lining the the birdcage, if you will. We'll see. You're going to think this is like uh, Talladega Nights is to NASCAR as the campaign is to (laughs) politics, basically, or it's incidental. Yeah, I think it's going to make probably... 75 to 125 million. It's going to be somewhere in that range, but it's just so hard to tell. Which is one reason I didn't make it my tenth pick. I have it 11 on my list. Okay. I'm not sure if that's where it should lie, but uh, well, obviously it needs to be below Expendables too. We've already yeah. discussed that's a money-making machine. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm curious. <laughs> I just I I wonder if there's going to be more serious attempts at politics in the movie, and that would be my biggest fear, is that yeah, yeah. you never can tell with actors when they want to get the, a statement out. Yeah, uh, it appeared from the trailer that it was pretty low on that, but hey, we'll see. We'll see. And then one film I want to ask you about, yeah. Abraham Lincoln, Vampire Hunter. Yeah. I didn't even I didn't even write it down. I, I made note of it several times and deciding whether or not to even write it down. I mean, I don't think that that's going to do very well. Um, the director <laughs> is the guy that did the uh, Nightwatch films. I believe he, he is a Russian yeah. of origin. It's some sort of uh, former Soviet Union. Okay. He's got a weird name. Timur Bekmambitov. That sounds about Mambitov? right. Yeah. Something like that. Um, so... The one thing I have to say about Timur's films is that they are all ridiculously CG-heavy, which yeah. is not my cup of tea whatsoever. Uh, I mean, more famously, he did the Wanted film, which he did Wanted. Probably a lot of people know from Angelina Jolie. You also, gotta bend the bullet. Oh, so that's brutal, what I remember from that movie. Brutally yeah. CG'd bullet bending. Yeah. With mind bullet powers. Bending. Do you know how much money Wanted made? I'm gonna suspect it did fairly decently. Uh, somewhere between 80 and 120 million. 134 million. Yeah. That's why I had this one on my list because I thought if he can do that with Wanted, yeah, Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter. But you just don't hear it. It, it comes out next week. And yeah. You just don't hear a whole lot about it unless you're scouring the internet looking for it. See on IMDb. But I mean, it's just yeah. such a hilarious notion. It is funny, and I appreciate the heck out of the... And that is really popular these days. I mean, obviously, zombies are kind of hot. And I know they have, like, that Pride and Prejudice rip-off book that's about zombies. (laughs) And obviously, there's lots of zombie retakes on classical fiction and whatever. Everything classical. Throw zombies into everything. Zombie cooking shows, whatever. Yeah, zombies. Yeah. Everybody loves zombies these days, but uh, I don't Starring suspect Romano, it's yeah. going to do all that great in, in the box office. And I'm not even going to see it uh, theatrically, and I'm not in a oh, big rush okay. to see it in general. Just bleh. yeah, two CG. Okay, so let's let's recap then. So all right, on Tom's side, Dark Knight Rises, yeah, Brave, Ice <laughs> Age, Continental Drift, as opposed to Tokyo Drift, <laughs> Prometheus. That's my boy. That's my boy. <laughs> That's a good summary. All right, and I picked uh, The Amazing Spider-Man, mm-hmm. uh, Madagascar 3, mm-hmm. Born <laughs> 4, Born mm-hmm. Legacy, I believe, uh, The Watch, which is going to be one of the new entries, as well as Expendables 2. Yeah. All right. I'm feeling so good. We'll the Madagascar in second place I'm not feeling great about, but overall I, I like my picks. Right. And if you're still hanging around for this podcast... I do want to put put this out there. Yeah. Matt and I will be conducting a fantasy football league under Jackass Critics' name this year in Yahoo. Fact. If you would like to participate in this fantasy football league, please contact us via 
any of the social networks or email and let us know. Uh, we will keep them open until we close out, I guess. Maybe we'll max out at 16 teams. Yep. We'll, we'll see what we can do to get that many teams. Yeah. And the winner will get a Blu-ray copy of one of the seasons of The League. And whatever other, other goodies we can collect over the year. I'm hoping to build a big basket of whatever uh, review material I get and some other uh, stuff for giveaways. And I'm hoping we can build yeah. a kind of a big basket of, of goodies for the Jackass Critics Fantasy Football Champion. Right. Yeah, exactly. So uh, You like fantasy football? Please. You like movies? You want free movies? We'll hook you up. Yeah. You like the podcast? Join the Fantasy Football League. Yeah. There you go. We'll talk about movies and joke. We'll introduce you to our good friend, the fucking goons. He's a really nice guy. You'll love him. He may win. He may cheat. You never know. <laughs> we'll have 14 teams named Goon. Goon won. Yes. Yeah. Uh. Okay, Matt. Uh, with that, I think we'll close out the podcast. All right, man. A pleasure as always. Best of luck to you. I hope yeah. that you get a strong second place showing. Yeah. Uh. As as I to you. Yes. That's what friends are yes. for. Yes. And the next time we meet, we will be doing Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels as planned. Check. All right. Have a good night, everyone. Thanks for listening. All right, bye. Jackass!